Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We're talking about being plugged in and really looking at the fact that we will never be all that we were created to be by ourselves, that we need to be plugged in. And last week, we really talked about relationships. We said, hey, get plugged in relationally, find some people who can help you to be and do all that God has for you, get some people who are going to challenge you, to call you out. And one of the ways, not all, not the only, but one of the ways you can do that is by joining a small group. And small group leaders have stickers like this. If you're looking around here, you could find one. Uh, you can go online, lifewest.church, and look at the small groups there and see what's on there. Uh, the church app, you can download that and then look up Life West, and we got groups on there that can help you find them. But it is so much fun. And here's basically what we said. Is that the benefit of great godly friends is so good that it's worth just trying a group. It, it is worth the, oh, this could be awkward, because it probably will be. But it's definitely, definitely worth it. It is so much fun. And we're, we're continuing talking about really being plugged in so that we can be and do all that God has for us. So you have your Bibles. Turn to Psalms 92. We're going to start reading in Psalms 92, verse 12. And this is what it says. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Now, what do you think of when you think of palm tree? Anybody? What do you think of when you think of a palm tree? Florida, warm. Yes, that's me. Florida, warm, tropical, Yes, that's palm tree. Well, it says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. And in, in Bible times, that's not really quite what they thought of when they thought of palm trees. They weren't thinking Florida, in case you were wondering. That, that wasn't it. But what a palm tree represented was victory. You compete in a games, the victor would get a palm branch, perhaps some jewelry made in the shape of a palm leaf. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the last time he came in, they laid down, they took down palm branches and they laid them down. It's talking about the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, that they'll have victory. Then it says, and that they'll be like the cedar of Lebanon. Now, when I think of cedar, cedar's awesome. It's these huge, amazing trees. But one of the things about cedar, I didn't know, well, a few years ago, I went and I got some landscaping bark. That's what you do in the spring, right? Before the stuff comes up, you go, you get the landscaping bark, you throw it out. Well, we do that. I go get some and throw it all out, and I'm like, yeah, he took care of that. Well, like two weeks later, Beck's like, hey, I'm finding ants in the house. Stinkers. And I look over, and they're like these carpenter ants, like the big ones. And I'm like, that's no good. I'm like, where do these things come from? What is this? And I'm trying to find, I can't find these things. So I call Mark, I think he's running around here somewhere, and Mark, come, there he is, he's in the back, and Mark comes over, and he's like, I know what to do with bugs, and that's, that, that's his thing, he's like, this is what they are, and this is telling me all about them, he's looking around the house, and he's like, well, the nest isn't in the house, he's like, it doesn't, doesn't really seem to be here, and he looks at the landscaping, and he goes, did you just put that, that bark in? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's probably where they came from. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, what happens is, they chew that stuff up. The ants love it. They get in there and they build their nest and then you just take it and they dump that in your trailer and you just bring them right to your house and dump them right there. I'm like, are you serious? I did this to myself? You mean I paid to do this? 
Like I paid to give myself a hint. He's like, yep. He goes, but what you should do is, is get cedar bark because bugs don't like cedar. And maybe you have a cedar closet in your house or you've seen a cedar chest. And that's part of why it's made out of that is because the cedar, bugs don't like it. It's not that they can't, they just, they do not like it, the smell, they don't like it. Cedar closets, it keeps bugs out of it. And so it's talking about not only will we as righteous, when I say righteous, it's not because of what we do, it's because of what Jesus did. When we accept the substitute that Jesus made, so it says we get his righteousness. So it's talking about you, it's talking about I, not because we're perfect, but because of his righteousness, that they'll be victorious, talking about that with the, with the palm tree. This is like the cedar, strong, impervious to attack. But when will this happen? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. This is what it says in verse 13. It says, this will happen, verse 13, when they're planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they'll still bear fruit in old age, and they'll stay fresh and green. When they're planted in the house of the Lord. He says they will flourish. And anybody, like, used the word flourish this week? Like, you just walked and you just walk up to somebody and be like, wow, you're flourishing. Anybody say that to anybody? No, it's, it's, it's not something I would ever, ever say. Um, no. But I love that. So I looked up the definition of this because it's not something I use all the time. I'm like, I, I kind of know what it is. I know what it means to flourish. Like, it's doing really good. But I love the dictionary definition of flourish. It says to grow, develop in a healthy or vigorous way. And then it says this, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. That is what the church is supposed to be for Christians. It's supposed to be that environment that allows us to flourish. The environment that helps us to grow spiritually. And when we grow spiritually, everything gets better. Everything, every area, uh, it affects every area of our life. It's not, there's, there's not a, well, there's a spiritual and then there's this thing that's not spiritual over here and this is the rest of the thing that I do. No. When we are growing spiritually and we're hearing from God and we're walking in the peace that he has for us and we're learning to forgive and to love, it affects every area of our life. And that is what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be that environment. And you're like, well, you're a pastor. You just have to say that. No. And, and, and honestly, the church was not my idea. Even this one. I mean, it, God laid it on our heart, but this wasn't my idea. In fact, I was praying in a tree stand like three, three and a half years ago saying, God, I don't know what to do. Like, what do we need to be? And he laid it on, our, on my heart, and I went and talked to Becca, and she said, whatever, have fun. It's a long story. And then I said, well, if God spoke to me, he'll speak to you. And she took some time, and, and then she came back, and she says, this is the thing that God's calling us to do. This is what we need to do. But it wasn't our idea. And there's lots of churches before this one. So whose idea was it? Another great question. You guys are just on it today. Matthew 6.13 says this. Jesus, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Talking about himself. He says, who do people say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. In verse 15, but Jesus says this, he says, but what about you? 
Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was revealed to you by my heavenly Father. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. He says, I will build my church. The church was Jesus' idea, and he is building his church. He says, I will build. That's just, that, that will, it's this continual thing. He says, I will do it. He is still doing it. I tell people all the time, if you want to be at the forefront of what Jesus is doing on the earth today, be a part of building his church. Now, when I say church, I hope we would all say, think of the exact same thing, but I, I doubt that we are thinking the exact same thing. Because when I say church, many of us think of, okay, we're supposed to build a bunch of buildings? And the answer to that is no. Because thank goodness the church is not a building because we don't have one. <laughs> but that's not it. That is not it at all. In fact, um, I was at a, at a church in Cadillac and they had these shirts that I absolutely loved. And, and uh, it said this on the front. It said, the church has left the building. Because the church is not a building the church is a body of people. And when we become believers, when we accept Jesus as the Lord of our life and that substitute, we become a part of the body of Christ. And that is referred to over and over in Scripture as the church. The church is not a bunch of buildings. Acts 14, 27, and talking about the church, it says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together. Not buildings. They didn't pull a bunch of buildings to one location. Move it over here, stone by stone. No, they gathered the people. We are, you are the church. In Romans 6, it talks about Priscilla and Aquila and the church that met in their house. Just over a year ago, we were meeting in a house. We were still a church. We are a church. You are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And that is the place where God says, if you want to flourish, then you need to be planted. You need to be plugged in to the body of Christ. That's what we need to do. Jesus is all about the church. Please do not think for a minute, well, I love Jesus, but I just don't like his church because those people, well, let me just tell you, there is no perfect church. This one isn't. I'm in it. It's not. It was ruined from the beginning. It's not going to be perfect. Every church has people in it. The Bible says, though, the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. It doesn't say they don't fall, they don't make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. I'll say I'm sorry, because I'm going to make lots of mistakes. We, we make mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But Jesus is about his church. And you have may, may have had a bad experience or hurt, but Jesus is about the church. And we need to be plugged in to a church for you to be and do all that God has for you. You need to be planted to be plugged into a church, to a body that cares about you so that you can be and do and you can grow into all that God has for you. Now, in talking about and hearing how much God loves the church, we're going to look at Ephesians 5.21 and just listen at how often we talk about the church in here. This is talking about marriage, but it's talking about the church. So verse 21 says, and further, submit to one another out of reference for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husbands, 
For, the, for a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is Savior of his body, the church. As the church, here we go again, submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, for, for, uh, for husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by cleansing of God's word. He did this to present himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she would be holy and without fault. He's talking about the church. Yes, he's talking about the marriage, but he's also talking about the church. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually loved, shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and takes care of it. Just as Christ, just as Christ takes care of the church. And we're members of this body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. You can be saved by yourself, but you'll never be and do all that God has for you alone. You need to be a part of the church. And you are. Let me just say, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are a part. You are. But you might be asleep. Let me just ask you, don't, don't raise your hand, but just maybe you've experienced this before, where you sat on that toilet just a little bit too long, and you go to stand up and your leg falls asleep, and you go to take a step and it doesn't work. Maybe you've had that. That leg is still a part of your body. But is it working? No. And actually, I, I said, I used this illustration before, and uh, I said this, and this girl in the front row just goes, and she like, like, elbowing her husband, and she's like turning red, and I'm like, she really doesn't like people talking about toilets. I'm like, I don't know, wow. And then I'm like, well, I'm like, I've started, so I'm sticking with the illustrations. So we're like, we're going with it. We go all the way through, and at the end of service, she comes up to me, and she goes, who told you? And I'm like, told me what? Told me what? And she's like, what do you mean told you what? Who told you? She's going off and I'm like, what? So finally she tells me, she goes, that happened to me and I fell and I broke my leg. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know, but I'm going to use that from now on, just so you know. But your leg, just because it's asleep, doesn't cease to be part of the body. It's there. But the thing is, is we need every part of the body to be doing its job, or what happens? Another something tries to take over and do something it's not meant to do. But you are a body of Christ. You may be asleep, but you are a part of the body of Christ, every single one of us. And if you're not doing your part in the body of Christ, that just means that somebody else is trying to compensate for you. Maybe you've been to the doctor and you're like, why? I was talking with PJ before service and he's like, no, this shoulder's kind of bothering me because my other one is getting ready, you know, it's not so, but I've been compensating for the fact that this one isn't doing what it's supposed to do. Now that one's hurting because I've been compensating for the other one. Maybe you've had a similar experience. And if you're not doing what you were designed to do, what your part in the body, then somebody else is compensating for you but you're a part of the body, the body of Christ, this thing that God loves so very, very much. But we need to take the time to find, because we're all part of the body, but then we need, that's a universal church. 
And then we need to find a church where we can plug in. And I know it's not always easy. Uh, my dad was a pastor, so really, like, growing up, what church I went to was, like, decided for me. I'm like, you're coming, and this is it, and you're here. And I never went to another church, like, ever, because I was always at my church. And I was serving and having fun, but, that, but that, that, that's where I was. But when I went to college, I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so I got down there, and I'm like, there's a bunch of churches that I knew were good. My dad's like, you could go to this one, this one, this one. I'm like, all right, great. I get down there, and I go to this first church, and I'm like, this is not for me. Like, it, 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 it's just not for me. I'm 18. They're singing hymnals, and, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to try a different one. So I go to another church, and I'm like, this seems pretty great. I'm like, I'm going to get involved. So I'm like, hey, I'd like to get involved. And they're like, okay, fill this out. I fill this thing out. Give it to them. Nothing. So I call them up like two weeks later. I'm like, hey, I'd really like to get involved. I want to be a part of here. I'm going to school um, to, be, to, to Bible school. I'd love to be involved in a church while I'm down here. What can I do? And they're like, oh, fill this out. And we'll get back to them. Like, Sweet. Fill it out. Give it back to them. A couple weeks later, same thing. This goes on and on and on and on and on for three months. And I'm like, mm, Okay. I get the message, this isn't, this, this, this isn't working. So this goes, there's like four different churches. Another one, they have an event I go to, and they're not even at it, and yeah, it was really weird. So finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this other church. So I go to another church, and I'm like, this church is awesome. So I go to them like, hey, I'm a college student. I'm a Bible college student down here. I'd love, I've been coming here for a couple of weeks. I'd love to get involved. And they said, that's great, but you can't get involved around here until you've been coming for six months. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I really want, I, I can, I'll do anything, like, please. And I remember my dad had been on me. He's like, hey, where are you going to church? And we had a conversation. He's like, where are you going to church? I'm like, well, I'm going to this church over here, church on the move. He's like, what are you doing there? I go, nothing. He goes, what do you mean you're doing nothing? And I'm like, they don't want me. He goes, oh, trust me, they want you. I'm like, no, they don't. They told me I can't do anything for six months. And they're like, he's like, what? I'm like, I'm serious. I can't do anything. He goes, just wait. They'll call you. I'm like, okay, good. I hang up the phone. I'm like, whatever. And he knew the pastor. And sure enough, like three days later, I get a call. <laughs> I get a call. And they're like, hey, we'd love to have you. What would you like to do? And I uh, went and sat down with him and really got involved. And my time in Bible college was good. My time at that church was way better. I learned so much when I was there. I plugged in in the kids' ministry and did a bunch of stuff with them and, 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 and just grew. I remember one Sunday, um, it, I always, they had two morning services. So I served one and attended one. And we do, for, for all the dream teamers who are out there right now, we actually do, you may not know this, but we do a mini service before this service for all of them so they can come because we only have one, one service. So they come to that, and, and, and then they get to go. Well, well, we do that there. It was a 10 one, uh, serve one. So I served, but it was a really nice day. And, and Brian had already gone to church, and he was like, let's, let's go out on the boat. Because we had a boat, which every college student needs when you go to Oklahoma. So we had a boat. I'm like, let's go wakeboarding. He's, I'm like, oh, I don't know. He's like, let's go. I'm like, uh, Okay. So, boom, so we take out of there. So I served, but I didn't attend. And the next week, I come back. And one of the guys I served with goes, hey, 
we didn't see you at the at service last week. What happened? I was like, oh, you didn't see me? I was here. I was serving. He's like, oh, no, I saw you then. He goes, but I didn't see you. We were all sitting together, and you weren't there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like Morgan. And he's like, you what? And I'm like, I'm a night Morgan. And he's like, did I hear a niner in there? What's going on? Like, what did you do? And I'm like, I, I went wakeboarding. And he's like, wait, what do, you, what do you mean? I didn't go wakeboarding again on Sunday. Because I had somebody at church that would call me out. Somebody who would say, hey, where were you? What's going on? This is what you need to do. Yeah, you need to serve, but you also need to be fed. You can't give what you don't have. You need to be here. We all need that. We need to find a place where we can be, where, and I loved it, where messages are laid out and where somebody is thinking and praying about what we need to hear and what we need to grow, where we have groups where people are speaking into our lives and helping us to become all that God wants us to be. We will never be all that God has for us if we are not plugged in. So what do I mean by plugged in? Number one is I mean this. When I say plugged in is be consistent. Luke 4 verse 16 says this, and he, talking about Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. He went to church on Sunday, as was his custom. Consistency allows us to build on yesterday's success. Consistency builds. It's not something that we do every now and then, but as his custom was, make it your custom. If this church, you're like, you know, you're just too confident and too good looking. You don't have to go here. Like, really? There's, there's, there's other churches. Honestly, there's a bunch of them around. But find one where you can plug in, where you can be consistent, where people know you, where when you're not there, somebody says, hey, what's going on? And if you don't have that yet, get in a small group. Get, take your gifts, plug in, do something. I know you have gifts, you have talent that God has given you, and use those to build the kingdom in and out of the church. But don't be that sleeping leg. That you're a part of the body that's not doing something. Because here's what I know. When you begin to use your gifts and talents to build the kingdom of God and you use them in and out of the church and you begin to do that, you're going to have so much more joy in your life. Because it's fun to do the things we're good at. But it is 10 times better when we use our gifts, not only just, just because we're good at them, but we leverage that for the kingdom of God. It's so much fun. And maybe it's hanging out with some kids. Maybe it's working the store in the back. Maybe it's sitting down and leading a, a group of, of students on Sunday. And you get to hang out with some kids who don't get to spend a lot of time with a male role model. And they see you. Maybe it's holding babies. Maybe it's joining and, and getting on board and saying, you know what I can do? I can, I can just carry things around. Don't make me talk to anybody, but I'd love to help set up or tear down. Or maybe you're a techie. Or maybe you have something completely different, and you're like, I just, I just really feel, I don't know what it is, but let's help you to do that. But don't be a part of the body and then be the part that's sleeping. Because if you are, let me just tell you, somebody else is trying to compensate for what you're not doing. And when you get in there, you're going to fit so much better. And it might take you a week or two or three or five to figure out, hey, this, this is where I'm great. Let, let me pray with people. Let me pray before service and really set the atmosphere for what's going to happen spiritually. 
maybe that's what I don't know. But here's what I know. You'll never be. And I, say, I know we're saying it over and over, but I hope you remember. You'll never be or do all that God has for you alone. You need other people. We would love to help you in that. In case you didn't know, our whole mission is to help you to be and do all that God has for you. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.